Morning Liberty. Well, well hello, hey. everybody. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, and I beat Charlie by, what was that, maybe three-tenths of a second? It's possible. I, we get the stopwatch out, but... Do you think that maybe we just need to talk about that beforehand, or just leave no, it like this all the time? I like it like this, but okay. I was wondering, are you a trans athlete that beat me by three-tenths of a second? Are you going to claim... <laughs> God. Are you going to claim victory now? <laughs> uh, it, it was fair, okay. Wait, okay. you're just you just hate me is all it is. Sorry, I was reading the the podcast notes that um, that you prepared. I I did, yeah, because uh, I was busy with other things. That's what happens every day, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I the, I prepare like six pages of notes for the podcast. This, the show is prepared by Nate, and then I deliver. <laughs> An amazing episode. If you, guys, <laughs> if you guys ever have specific topics you need us to talk about, email Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Yeah. Not or Charlie. Specific topics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, exactly. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, and what we always tell everyone at the beginning of the show: skip ahead thirty seconds if you're sick of hearing us say it. Subscribe to the podcast, okay? We are running this the the sip and scan coupon right now. You just uh, what you do is you plug in that code, and then it'll just fill you up with liberty goodness every single day. And uh, yeah, so just hit subscribe on there. It'll send our show directly to your phone every day when we release a new episode, which is every single day of the week. You're even getting six episodes this week. So liberty, yeah. so good you don't even need to say good morning to e- it. Exactly, just like. <laughs> president trump said yeah you don't have to say if you haven't seen that go to our facebook and look at our interview that we did with this with this uh fake donald trump this donald trump impersonator yes but he deserves to be on you know snl uh any kind of shows that want to do it's not bad no it's good i I was gonna say what he said at the end but i don't want to ruin it for anybody so go just go watch it because (laughs) it's really funny it is at the very end it's really really funny you have to go see it for yourself yeah so uh subscribe to that there podcast and we've got a lot of items to talk about today you know the um the ncaa has announced that they're going to allow players to make money off of their name so so that's something, you know, I think overall a good thing we're going to talk about and potentially some of the, uh, I don't know, some some bad things that could come from it that I've taken notes on. But I think it'll be interesting to watch this happen, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and then we've got, you know, all kinds of stuff. Amazon doing some good things. Uh, Canada's making a tiny house village for homeless veterans. There's all kinds of good stuff here to talk about. So I, I don't know if you're ready. We can go ahead and run through some news items. I don't know if I'll ever be ready. Yeah, you know, I don't think so in the technical sense. I don't okay. think anyone's actually ever ready. Well, are you non-technically ready right now? <laughs> is, is that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just think that's a good philosophical discussion. You know, <laughs> are you <laughs> uh, stick around after the podcast if you guys want to hear that for the last three hours on whether or not Charlie is actually ever ready for anything we'll talk yeah. about that so uh, but yes i'm ready you sent yeah. me this story last night charlie so um which is you know this is really funny let me tell you before charlie does this news story my wife and i were on the phone and she was leaving her work which is in downtown nashville and it takes her like an hour hour and 15 minutes hour and a half to get home sometimes and she was like man, we don't have any groceries at the house and now I've got to stop by the grocery store and, and pick up some food on my way home and I'm not going to get home until really late 
And I was like, well, that's your freaking fault for not picking up all the groceries when you were supposed to. I didn't right. say that. I said, yeah. babe, would you like me to go to the grocery store and get you something? Well, how nice of you. I did. Wow. And uh, she responded. Because this is a partnership. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, but what she knows, and she wasn't going to admit on the phone, is that I will get the wrong version of whatever it is that she wants. Yeah. I, if you tell me to go get a can of tomato soup, I'm not going to bring back the right thing. It's, or if you, if you want cream cheese, you're definitely not getting filled. Philadelphia. No, I mean... Because you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, there's no way I'm getting that so. freaking Eagle cream cheese. There's no way. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I know that I can't really go shopping for things that she wants uh, just because I'm just a dumb... You know, just a dumb chimpanzee that doesn't know how to pick up the right kinds of food. Yeah. As there's... As so a lot of you guys are. Charlie, you're probably the same way because I just don't care. Like, okay, that... You know, when I'm going to shop for like chicken breasts or something like that like between all the brands and the different versions like i have one i have one uh, little item that needs checked off which is just chicken breast and, and that's it and after i check off that item all the little different variations of things like i just do not pay attention to that stuff i'm the same all. way on most things yeah i do like i do go look at my stakes yeah i think that's important so long story short which obviously we're we're well past that uh long story short my wife and i were like man we've got to start doing like grocery pickup or, or just you know i'll order some food and that way i can just pull up to kroger and they'll bring it out to my car and i was like well why don't we just do grocery delivery they charge you like 20 bucks and then you don't have to worry about going to the grocery store and everything and you know what let's just start doing that we'll get a grocery list together and i know it'll cost us a little bit of extra money maybe for the shipping and all that but you know that it might save us a lot of time and then charlie texted me this like as soon as i got off the phone really that was like divine it's intervention like right after i got off the phone with her wow. you texted me this so this coming from cnbc amazon is making two hour grocery delivery free for all its prime members that's now, amazing I, now what did i text you when i text you this um it was a lot of expletives about how amazing capitalism and the amazon are and yeah. jeff bezos and bezos might be the second coming of jesus that we've all <laughs> been waiting for now, you, <laughs> now charlie doesn't mean that literally no no but this is amazing yes it's purely made so yeah you, i'll let you go through the story well, and we'll I, talk about well, how good it we'll is. get to the story yeah i'll get to the story here in a second but i wanted to say that i've been getting my groceries delivered now ever since instacart became a thing and I think they charge you ten ninety nine. Like your first three deliveries are free, and then after that it's ten ninety nine plus whatever you want to tip your delivery person for being that awesome to not only shop for you, but then to deliver them directly to your door. Yeah. Now I'm a busy guy. This sounds like an ad read, but it's not. <laughs> I really am a busy guy, and I don't have time to worry about you know scrounging through the halls of the shelves of the grocery store no at least the shelves are full in america though that's true but i don't have time to walk up and down the full shelves of every single grocery store and find all the items especially when you're looking for spices and stuff even though they're in alphabetical order there's so many of them those are and impossible then you talk about brands and stuff i have to tell this story real quick um my girlfriend asked me one time she was going to make grilled cheese and she's like what do you like what kind of cheeses do you like for a grilled cheese? And I'm a pretty agreeable person, so I was like, I like cheese. Yeah. Um, you know. That's exactly how I feel about cheese. Right. The only ones I don't really like is like gorgonzola, because it has like that little sour taste to yeah. it. I don't like blue cheese. I don't like blue cheese, you know, those moldy, sour type cheese. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of those, although I'll, I'll eat some of them in some dishes. But I was, she was like, well, pick one. And I was thinking like, 
Well, when I was a kid and we had grilled cheeses, we made them with Kraft American singles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize she was going to go to the, the cheese shop to get real good cheese. Yeah. And I get made fun of all the time because I was like, well, how about some American cheese? Well, I'm fine with that. It didn't mean that that would be my number one preference. Yeah, but th- but this is America. So. Yes, and this is America. So I was like, well, yeah, but apparently uh, processed American cheese is is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, not Kraft macaroni and cheese. Now, that powder <laughs> no, cheese is different. Powder cheese is where it's at, I but guess. But you were saying grabbing the wrong thing, I even said the wrong thing. Yeah. But when it comes to grocery delivery, you can actually search for cheeses. Yeah. And avoid that American cheese, apparently. You don't want those Kraft singles now. Finally. But if you wanted to search for Gouda without looking through the myriad of cheeses that these grocery stores <laughs> have, you just type in Gouda and uh, click select and huh. somebody will get it for you. And so I've been doing this with Instacart for, I would say, at least six, seven months probably now. Yeah. And uh, now... And I pay, like I said, ten ninety nine for delivery plus tip. Now it's going to be free for me because I am an Amazon Prime member. So from the article, Amazon Prime members will now be able to get two-hour grocery delivery for free. Until now, Prime members had to pay an additional fourteen ninety nine per month to get access to Amazon Fresh, the company's grocery delivery service. The change reflects Amazon's growing delivery efficiency as it looks to shorten delivery time, which in turn leads to more frequent purchases and bigger spending that is just amazing yeah i love it i love and you know what the best thing about this is um and i i kind of put this in the notes later in the rest of this article too but um amazon is doing this so they can make money that's why they're doing this yeah and it's going to cost them you know they're probably not going to make the full uh, expense of providing this service right off the bat because they're already getting 120 bucks a year from people and they're not providing them with groceries for I think free. it's 150 now isn't it? is it it went up i don't know <laughs> I, I don't anyway, know whatever still. it is so they're so they're already charging people this um and they're not giving them the free delivery for groceries so obviously this is going to cost them a little bit of money to do it but of course they think they're going to make more money on the back end from this and they'll probably be able to once they're providing you with all of these things that you can't live without they'll be able to raise their prices on it a little bit and i'm sure they will as their value keeps increasing so but the beautiful thing about this is that that's what capitalism is not like the evil terrible capitalism where you go to the government and you and you pay them the right amount of campaign money and they write laws to restrict your competitors like not that capitalism i'm talking about where you have to provide people with something that they deem valuable if you ever want to make any money and that's what amazon is just simply amazing at yeah, you think the government grocery store would come up with a delivery service? No, no. And I mean, <laughs> you know, we didn't go into it much yesterday, but the stories about Uber and Lyft where, you know, Uber made the partnership with the health company where they're scheduling rides for patients now. And then Lyft is giving people, setting up a jobs program where they're going to give people free rides to interviews. And then when they get the job, they can get free rides for, for three weeks after that, going back and forth to their job. Like, we've had taxis for like a hundred years now or or more maybe and we've had these massive unionized taxi companies and just these amazingly you know perfectly well-paid taxi employees all the time that are just making great money 
and no one ever thought to set up any of those programs the the whole time no you know yellow cab never set up a program where they would take you to and from work for free after you got mm-hmm. a new job and they've existed for how many years now? And it's because they didn't have to, because they had a monopoly in whatever area they were operating in, or they had a you know however many cab companies the city allowed operating in those areas. And this is what's amazing is when you introduce competition into the market, they start doing all these amazingly wonderful things to try and get your business, and the consumer always wins. Write this down. This is going to be a good tagline. I just came up with it. All right. Capitalism is so good at solving problems, it solves problems you didn't even know you had. There you go. That's exactly what it does. And that's what the, so, so no one had a, an actual problem yeah. going and getting groceries. No, no. But think about what this does for you. If you're able to get free de- grocery delivery service, how much time does that save you? And then by saving that time, what opportunities and possibilities does that open up for you? Yeah. Maybe. For someone like me, it's massive. Yeah. I, we were talking before the show that there's so many things going on that I feel I feel like I'm trying to boil an ocean with a match right now. <laughs> and really, when that happens, it's like this over it's like it's a, it's anxiety. That's what it is. But really, you have to like focus and concentrate on those things because it's like I'm thinking about everything I've that I've got to do. And then I'm thinking about all the things that I'm going to have to do coming up. And when you start thinking about all those things at once, you start to realize, oh, my God, I'm not capable. Like, I can't do all of those things. And what you have to do is it's like being, you know, under debt, right? If you're under a mountain of debt, you start to get anxiety about it. But really, it's the snowball effect. It's like you pick one thing, focus on it and do it till it's done. And then it's done. And that one that reduces your anxiety a little bit. Yeah. And then you go to the next one and the next one, and the next one. Um, and so for somebody like me that constantly has things going on i'm always going all over the place if i can save one to two hours a a week or two weeks every time i go to the grocery store because that's how long it takes you have to get the car and my grocery store is about eh, 20 minutes away with all the traffic and stuff to get to a decent kroger and so that's 20 minutes round trip that's 40 minutes already gone just driving which i get to listen to podcasts but you know yeah but yeah. that's just wasted time, basically. And then I got to go and find all the groceries that I want, make sure I don't pick up any craft singles and look through all the other cheeses, which takes time. Yep. And so you're looking at at least at least an hour, if not two hours, or things like what Lacey said, you know, what your wife said. Can I say your name? I just did. You said Lacey. Yeah. 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 What your wife said <laughs> on the way home. You know, she was tired and didn't want to stop at the grocery. This solves that problem. You didn't even know you had that problem. And it solves it. I know. It's amazing. It's this constant, you know, like you said, they're not even... They're not even trying to do this, but creating this kind of efficiency in people's lives, like this is what furthers economies and grows your society over time, is finding every little bit of efficiency that you can add in all the time. It's like if you never allowed anyone to mow lawns for people, like there weren't there weren't no companies that mowed people's, people's yards. It just, it didn't exist. They weren't even allowed to exist. Well, imagine like the time you'd have to spend every week mowing your yard at your house because there's no one else that, that can do that for you. And so then you're like, okay, wouldn't it 
makes sense if people would just come do this and I'd pay them 30, 40 bucks and I could do something else with all that time that's more valuable. This is just another one of those things that now you can find an hour or two where maybe you would have been at the grocery store. Now you can find something else to do. Maybe it's working on your business plan that you're working on. Maybe it's studying for your classes that you have, you know? Amazon is creating jobs and doesn't even know it. Yeah. Exactly. Just think about the hour or two that you save, that you could be working on your business, and that business grows enough to where you can hire another person. That's a job created, thanks well, to the, the time savings that Amazon is giving you. And on top of that, as more and more people start using the service, people will work doing this job for Amazon, going and getting groceries and bringing it to people's houses. You know, there, People will get jobs because of that, and the gig economy, which some people like to talk negatively about, but I, I think it's amazing because it of all the freedom that it gives you. I want to note one thing here at the end of the article that Amazon now has over 100 million Prime members. So for all the Democrats that hate on Bezos, <laughs> I know there's more than... I know this isn't 100 million conservative liberty Republicans <laughs> signing yeah. up for Prime. No, and I mean... So, that- so, that's the terrible part is people who they'll sign up for this and they'll use all the services and then they'll be like, yeah, F Bezos. I can't stand him. Right. What are you talking about? You're, you're paying for the service because you've decided that it's more valuable than any other options that yeah, you have for exactly. those things. So why are you upset with that person for doing it? Plus you I know? did a quick math and this is a genius business idea. Yeah. It's, you know, hundred over a hundred million prime members that pay 150 bucks a year. That's 15 billion a yeah. year. Yeah. That's great capital to operate business it's, off of. It's decent money. You're guaranteed. Yeah. As long as you have the members, you're guaranteed $15 billion every single year. Yeah. I thought Amazon made like a trillion dollars every year. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's greedy. So- um, uh, 15 greedy billion dollars. <laughs> so that's a uh, that's a good story. You know, I wanted to give another good story today. This is from the Good News Network. Uh, I recommend you guys go check out goodnewsnetwork.org or get the Good News Network app and put it on your phone because it's good to read some positive stories every now and then. Yeah. You know, it can help you when everything else you read is so terrible. And they don't really, they're not playing like, they're not putting politically charged stories on there or anything like that. It's just like good, you know, just good feeling stories to read about. So, This one actually comes from our neighbors to the north. Um, Canada now has its very first ever tiny house village for homeless veterans. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, It says more than a dozen former members of the Canadian Armed Forces who have been forced to sleep on the streets will finally have proper roofs over their heads. The Homes for Heroes Village in Calgary is the nation's first housing complex built exclusively for homeless veterans, and its residents are ready to move in this weekend. The village, it's, it's, it's small to start off with. The village is made up of 15 houses, all of which have been equipped with everything from cable and internet to fully functioning kitchen and outdoor decks. The complex also has been equipped with additional on-site resources such as mental health support, counseling, career training, mentoring, case management, and even community gardens. And so this this village, this uh, this Homes for Heroes village, was built by ATCO, which is a Calgary-based global provider of integrated energy, housing, transportation, and infrastructure solutions through a $1.5 million in-kind donation. Wow, they did all of this with only $1.5 million. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. So they, they built these, uh, they built this uh, little 
complex for veterans. And this is something that I think would be really cool to see pop up all around the U.S. also, because we have something like 50,000 homeless veterans, I'm pretty sure. And things like this are a really good idea. Now, you've also seen stories about places like L.A. or San Francisco uh, stopping people from building tiny houses for other people. wonder why the government would do something like I'm that. I'm not sure. And I remember the guy uh, in the city council meeting got in trouble for saying the cost, that it, the actual cost for building the house, which was like $550. And they immediately adjourned the meeting or took a took a, a little break in the meeting and they took them outside and said, don't ever say that again. Don't ever say that something costs $550. So uh, they were like, say it costs five million. Yeah, say it costs five million. Don't say it costs <laughs> 550. So he got in trouble for telling them how cheap it actually was. Yeah. So I don't know. This is pretty good. And also, um, you know, Canada... Uh, I think known for their amazingly uh, perfect society where everyone gets everything for free and they don't have to worry about anything. Well, they do, in fact, have a whole lot of homeless people and homeless veterans. Mm -hmm. And there is a company, a corporation, this energy provider that has donated money to house those veterans. So it wasn't even the Canadian government came up and said they were going to build these houses for the homeless people. It was a, a corporation that came in and did that. So I don't know. It's good to spotlight some some good Good news every once in a while. And this is just is just a small part of how capitalism saves the world. Yep, just one yeah. little bit at a time. That's my new book coming out, by the way. Uh, capitalism the, saves the world. These people, by the way, that ATCO, they say that they should be able to uh, end the issue of veterans experiencing homelessness within the next twelve to thirteen years in Canada. So, Which looks like if it's one point five million dollars each time, or roughly, let's say, let's give a high estimate of five million dollars. Yeah, each time. So, you know, if you look at 10 years, it's $50 million. Yeah. And Pretty it's cheap. It's going to help them. I mean, you know, it's a good PR move for them, too, even yeah. if they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart and they're doing it to look better for people to like them. It doesn't matter. That's it doesn't matter whatsoever. The outcome is better. You know, I saw I, I heard a story of one of my friends being in the theater and, and um, Coca-Cola was running their commercials where they were. You know, they got the polar bears and they say something about how they're donating to save polar bears and things like that. And they were like, well, they're just they're just doing that to look good. You know, they're not actually doing that because they care about it. And yeah, good. Who cares? Good. That's the good part. Once again, that's the good part about capitalism is that it even forces you to be altruistic. It forces you to do good things in your society, even if you don't want to, even if you're a bad person. You have an incentive to do good things in your society under free market capitalism. So uh, that's just one of the things that I, I don't want I don't want to let go unnoticed. This is a quick side note before we continue on with the next story from uh, Yahoo Finance. When we just ordered a bunch of equipment to go live, we've been getting several requests to go live with this podcast on YouTube and everything. So we're going to be on video. I don't know if it's because people can tell how handsome we look uh, through our voices, but I, they've been wanting to see us on video. That's it. I'm sure that's it. That's probably what it is. And so I was just noticing that there are about <laughs> 13 <laughs> cans of Coke Zero on our table. Yeah. And I was wondering if we should clean that up before we put this on video. I don't know. I don't want to be fake or anything, right. you know? I don't I don't either. It looks like we just got done 
doing a, a a little frat party where we did a Coke Pong or something like that out here. Could we get like a keg of Coca-Cola Zero? Think, well, maybe it's called Fountain. Yeah, we need a fountain. You need a drink fountain in yes. your house. Okay, I'll order one of those. They okay. got those on Amazon? Sure, sure. I want like the real one, though. I don't want some An like... An actual one. Yeah, not one of those... What's that Suds? Yeah, whatever. you might That's need to go fake. through... At, you might actually need to call Coca-Cola and get established as like a vendor or something like that. I could do it. Your business. You I am a business. put a fountain in your kitchen. Why you know? couldn't I? I want I, a fountain in my office. I don't know. I think you should be able to. All right. From Yahoo Finance, Elizabeth Warren could pay for Medicare for All with these tax hikes. Yeah. So I looked this up. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she will not say that she's going to raise taxes on everyone. She won't say it. And I don't know if it's because she actually thinks that people are so stupid that they don't realize that their taxes are going to go up, or she thinks... You know, maybe she just can't say those words because people normally don't win elections when they say that they're going to raise taxes on everyone. Right. So uh, that's probably the actual reason. But uh, it's important to note here that taxes will have to go up and she won't say the words. And to me, that's kind of playing against her because everyone knows it. Like just everyone knows it. At least Bernie's actually saying it. Yeah. That they're going to have to go up. So, yeah, this uh, this article goes through a little bit of, you know, what taxes might have to go up. So, according to a new paper released by the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget on Monday, there are several ways Warren could finance the estimated $30 trillion cost of Medicare for All, which would expand health care coverage to every U.S. resident while eliminating out-of-pocket expenses like deductibles. Now, what is U.S. resident? <laughs> is that the same thing as citizen? No. No, Absolutely it's everyone. Not. It's everyone. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, you know, I think people wherever you're at in life should be able to have affordable health care. Yeah. You know, just I don't know if the government should pay for it. You they don't should. know if they should? They shouldn't actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> Each option would come with its own set of trade offs, the budget group wrote. Right now, most wage income tax tax is subject to a fifteen point three percent payroll tax divided evenly between workers and employers to pay for social security and Medicare. But a new 32% tax, with employees and workers each paying 16% on their income, could raise roughly $30 trillion over a decade. $3 trillion a year. Yeah. According to the budget group, it would apply to all earned income. That is if everyone's able to keep their jobs. Yeah, so that would Your double jobs. It would double the payroll tax on you more than double, and double uh, more than double the payroll tax on your employer. Also, most I don't think a lot of people realize that whatever amount comes out of your check for your FICA things, that's your Social Security and you know your <sighs> Medicare, like all those all those little social things that you mm-hmm. pay for out of your out of your uh, paycheck, your employer has to match that same amount so whatever you see coming out of your paycheck your actual number that you made before taxes the employer has to pay that much on top of the you know the gross number of your of your wage so i think it's important people to realize that you know there are more taxes coming out when you hire someone at thirty thousand dollars a year you actually have to pay them like 30 you have to pay like $35,000 a year to actually have them on your payroll. Eh, maybe it'd be like maybe it would be something like 32, 33, whatever. Um well, it's roughly almost 10%. So uh, every time 000. like any time that you ask for a wage, let's say that the job position, let's say your job, your pro- your productivity level, you can produce 
$30,000 worth of stuff a year while you're working. Well, that means that's the money that would come in for the things that you're doing. So you're thinking, well, I should be able to get paid $29,000 a year, and that way the business isn't going to go out of business. They'll make a little bit, of course, for their operating. But what actually happens is you have to get paid something more like twenty-seven, twenty-six, because they have to pay taxes on top of what they're paying you. Yeah. So, I don't know. We can, anyway, we can go on. The government tax, taxes your income directly and then taxes what an employer is going to give you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, <laughs> this happens on and on and on. The next thing that uh, Liz lies, uh, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> um, Chief Warren, could do, she could create a 42% value-added tax, a VAT tax, uh, that would also raise the $30 trillion needed to fund Medicare for All. So this is basically a 42% uh, nationwide sales tax. <laughs> Apparently, unlike most developed nations, like they want to say all the time, the U.S. only taxes consumption through state and local sales taxes. So, yeah, that 42% value-added tax, if you guys don't know, like a VAT tax, when you're a business and you're purchasing different items, like at wholesale, say that you want to... Say that you want to put together a nice table and you need to purchase some wood from somewhere and you need to purchase a big massive thing of screws from somewhere and then you got to buy a whole bunch of stain from somewhere. Like when you buy those items from those companies, uh, there's no taxes. Those are tax free for your wholesale goods. Um, So what this would do is it would put a value added tax on each one of those things that you purchase uh, for your business when you're going to be selling them later on to the public, which is, it's it will directly raise the price of whatever item you are selling by that amount. Which also raises the sales tax. Yeah, which then raises the sales tax you're going to pay because it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, so this even says, um, while a 42% federal tax on consumption known as VAT could could be enough to raise $30 trillion over a decade, it would simultaneously raise the price of most goods and services by 42%. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they got that 42% number. I don't know where that came from. It must be some really tough calculation yeah. on there. And yeah. just so you know, this uh, this was not like a right-leaning post or anything. I, I pulled, this is Yahoo Finance. I, yeah, I pulled numbers out of this so we could talk about them, but they were... They were very much making the argument that we can do this. We can pay for this Medicare for All plan. There's all kinds of different ways to pay for this plan. Like that's that was the attitude of the article mm-hmm. that they're writing. So, anyway, the the important thing to note out of this is that taxes are going to go up. That's they're they're going to go up by a lot. It well, even, but you won't have to pay your premiums anymore, Nate. Exactly. What if you're someone who doesn't use health care like ever? Like you're healthy. Just say you're a healthy person. You're paying for all the people that do use it. <laughs> exactly. Your expenses are going to go up an insane amount because you're not really using the healthcare system. Yeah. So while they talk about this is going to lower cost for most people, they're talking about all the people who have ailments that they need to go and use hospitals for or go to walk-in clinics and all that. All the people who are actually healthy and who don't need to do anything, if you're lucky enough to be in that group, well, you're going to be paying an insane amount more than what you're currently paying. You get the shaft. Yeah, really hard, really bad. It's it's going to be a lot. And this, the last thing they say is that uh, she could double all of the individual and corporate income tax rates and that that would cover most of it. So the taxes will have to go up 
by a lot, a lot of taxes. And it's not just going to be on the top 1% because they don't make enough money to pay and for this, all of this. And this is assuming that Medicare for all would actually cost $3 trillion a year. Yeah, that's if... And it wouldn't go up. That's if this is the first ever accurately budgeted item that the government has ever placed forward. Right. That's if, uh, assuming that, that, that they've never done before. Now, what we've always said, and we will continue to say, is that healthcare is too expensive. Yes. But we have given so many options where the free market can make it a lot cheaper, where it helps the people in need, but also doesn't give the shaft to the people who don't need it. That's what's what a free market does is it's the best for every single individual possible based on everything, based on all your conditions and everything. It is the literal most fair system that we have. It is. It's an actually fair system. Um, And, you know, when we're talking about healthcare. Like we always say, we, we haven't had a free market in healthcare. We've never seen one. Our parents haven't seen one. Maybe our grandparents saw something that looked like a free free market in healthcare, kind of, but probably not. Not since um, I would say probably not since the uh, the New the, Deal kind of time. Yeah, probably. But it, what, before that, there was the American. Um, Whatever, whatever first started recognizing doctors. Oh, that was in the like eighteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, but it's gotten significantly worse worse since Medicare and Medicaid in nineteen sixty five. Absolutely, but it's just been completely interjected with all kinds of government regulation. What uh, what really sucks here is we don't know what the healthcare market could look like. There is a bit of an unseen problem here, where if we would have left the free market to their own devices and healthcare over the last hundred years, what would we actually have? And we're never really going to know, but my imagination and my assumption is that it would be uh, much better, much cheaper, and much more efficient than what we have right now, which is a completely government-controlled market already, by the way. There, there is no free market in healthcare. It, we do not have one. You can't, you cannot freaking walk down a hallway without having to get some kind of permission from the government and the healthcare system. <laughs> so it, it just, we do not have a free market. I'll say that again. We do not have a free market. Right. And, and this is not like socialists saying that Venezuela wasn't socialist. Like, that's not the same thing uh, w- whatsoever. We, we do not have a free market in healthcare. We've, ne- we've never seen one. And if we actually reduced the government instead of increased the government, then we could actually see prices go down. I thought you might have done, I thought you were going to be like a scratch CD like I was. And yes. just keep going over like and over again? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> we do not, we do not, we do not, we do not, we do not. You can Let's... hit the back button and listen to me saying that we do not have a free market yeah. in healthcare. Well, I was doing it to where the where the listeners didn't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're asking them to do something. I, know. I want them to keep on their toes, unless they're driving. Just put your phone down. If you're driving, put your phone down. Do it. <laughs> Don't touch it. Yeah. This message is brought to you by AT&T. You know, we should say that at the beginning of every <laughs> podcast anyway. Let's just yeah. say that from now on. Drive safe. Yeah. This message is brought to you by the Ad Trust Council. me, you do not want my voice to be the last thing you ever hear. <laughs> it's not worth it. Let's talk some b-ball okay. and some other ball. Let's, uh, let's talk some balls. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about balling. Inside, the NCAA's move to allow athletes to profit from name, image, and likeness rights. This article coming from CBS Sports. 
The NCAA, NCAA, on Tuesday announced it would begin to the process to allow college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness in what appears to be a sweeping cultural change for the nation's largest amateur body. The vague announcement, though, comes with an obvious question. What exactly does it mean? Yeah, so this is a, this is a big just, deal. All I said was <clears throat> with the governors got together. Or whatever the governor of the body, I guess. Yeah, the executives from the NCAA, they announced it. Now, I, w- I want to say this is stemming from a um, a law passed in California, in California. that the NCAA yeah. challenged and lost. Yeah, by the way. And this, by the way, I, this is not obviously the the free market completely at work here. But I did make this comparison earlier when I was thinking about it. That California passed a law making this possible anyway, saying that the the people who played in teams that were in California could start making money from their image and their name and their likeness. And so what the NCAA was like, they were like, oh, crap. Like All the other teams got together and they said, well, now this the California teams are going to have an unfair advantage against us. Like States like all, Illinois were like, yeah, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, like all the players are obviously going to go to those schools where that's legal and they're not going to want to go to the schools where it's not. So, so all the teams got together and they're like, this is obviously going to give California an advantage over us. We need to offer the same thing. So that competition came in. And they said, let's all do it. Let's just all offer this. That way we all have the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, I'm, I don't know exactly where I come down on how this should be laid out. I really don't. Oh, Nate. I don't. So now we're going to have an open discussion, conversation <laughs> right here in front of everyone. Yeah. On, we're going to have a friendly debate. Let's what? do it. Yeah. So, so what's your thoughts? Okay. Well, it doesn't have to actually, you know, be a full debate because I do think that this is a good thing that should happen. That the kids should be able to make money off of their their namesake. This is a new section. Uh, how status can you be? <laughs> <laughs> no, but what and I'm Nate, saying is Nate's going to call for all kinds of all kinds of things on these liberty people. No, so all I'm saying is that <laughs> while it's obvious. You know, the school, the NCAA would not be making this money if it were not for the players. To me, this can be drawn a comparison between the workers and the business owners, because while it's true that the NCAA would not be making the money if it were not for the players, also the players would not be making any of this money if it were not for the NCAA. So I do want to make sure that there is a fair partnership between the two of them, because they both need each other. And actually, I think the NC the uh, players need the NCAA more than the, they need the players because I don't know if you know this, but college sports and the NCAA they make money every single year. They've been making money every single year, and it tends to not matter what players they have ever. They're they're good colleges. They have good coaches, and whatever players are there, they can have a decent team and they can make good money. So, but but they've also teamed up with pro pro sports to say, hey, you have to play one year of college basketball before you go to the NBA because yeah. the last time LeBron went directly to and yeah, no college got to make any money off of him. Neither did the NCAA. Yeah, no. I, so I definitely think that the players. I mean, yeah, they have some rights here. That there, there's especially with their name and their images and everything. They they have those rights. But all I'm saying is, I want to make sure that we realize that the NCAA also should have some right to this to this money because if it weren't for them and hosting this entire sport all these different sports and putting all of that together 
then the players aren't, it's not exactly like these players are going to go play basketball on the court somewhere next to their high school and well, make a bunch of money. I think you have to separate the two. So it's not like the NCAA is going to stop making money and getting their TV deals and all that. The, the essence of it is, let me draw the comparison between a company and its workers like you did. I would say if I work for Amazon and I'm a, I'm a really good worker and for some reason Nike wants to endorse me to wear their work shoes to the Amazon warehouse. Yeah. And so Nike decides to pay me a salary of a hundred thousand dollars a year to wear their shoes and post on social media once a day wearing their Nike shoes in the Amazon warehouse. Yeah. Amazon's not entitled to any of that money. I'm getting an endorsement deal from Nike to wear who to, to wear shoes where wherever I want to, to wear them in, in Amazon's warehouse yeah, but that they built. But that's any other. Like if you're getting an endorsement to work in Amazon's warehouse, would the endorsement still exist if you didn't have a job? Well, so think about the endorsement deals that happen uh, right now. So what I want to know is if Amazon Prime provided you with a van to deliver packages, should you also be able to start your own package delivery business and use Amazon's van for it? No. What if someone else is is paying you to do that? Like, should Amazon have a right to any of the money that comes in? What if, okay, well, okay, well. Let's let's take it another step further. Then <laughs> I work for Amazon, and I'm also a model. So people are <laughs> people are paying me outside of normal business hours yeah. to take p- take pictures. I'm using my name, my image, and my likeness to make money outside but, of. But that's not related to Amazon or your job whatsoever. Like these people aren't paying the college players and endorsing them because they're really good at math or anything like that. Like, Well, they have unique skills I know, that, but... <laughs> are, that are on display. I know, but it, would they pay them the same money if that, co- if that player left the college and scheduled one-on-one games at their public basketball court? It depends on if they could strike a deal with ESPN to get it covered. <laughs> I know, I know. All I'm, saying, all I'm saying is I believe the NCAA has a right here also to still receive some some of this some of this money because the money the endorsement deal would not happen if they didn't but, provide the the ability for them to be able to do this. Yeah, but it would work just like the NFL. Think about it, right? So college football, the NCAA, you know, college football would work like the NFL. The NFL still does the TV contracts and you know, they they coordinate with the schools and all of that and so the NCAA as an organization is still making money. Yeah you know, by those TV deals and those types of things from the colleges and all that. The colleges are still making money by ticket sales and, you know, the stadiums and using those stadiums for other things or arenas or whatever. So they're still making money. And it's just like in the NFL, like, you know, Tony Romo, when he had a shoe deal with whoever he had a shoe deal with, like the NFL wasn't entitled to any of the money that Tony Romo, you know, wore the shoes on or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, it, those those types of endorsements. You know, those advertising, nobody else is entitled to it because if the athlete chooses not to use that endorsement, then there's no money coming in. Yeah. Now, um, what if Tony Romo was using money provided by the government taxpayers to be able to go play for the Cowboys and he was receiving endorsement deals on the side to, to, um, to make that money? Should the 
taxpayer-funded money be recouped ever off of that? So you're saying if he got a scholarship at a public institution, yeah. that if was it was using... government money, like not not like the now like the institution's money to me that that's different. But what I'm saying is like if you get I don't know if it if it is in fact public money that is covering the expense for that student to go to that college. Should that public money be recouped first and then everything else after that you get? Well, I think if you can afford to go to college um, based on being able to sell your your name and your likeness. Like, look, I mean, these athletes, as you know, they start creating social media accounts now in high school. And if they're really popular high school athletes, they, some of these people are getting a million followers on social media before they ever even go to college. Yeah. So if you can do brand deals on social media, right, because you've already amassed a, a million followers, doesn't matter what college you go to, then, you know, I think that that's a good thing. And th- then you would have money to actually pay for the school you want to go to. Yeah. So if we're using, you know, tax dollars to pay for that education, then, yeah, I think that they shouldn't be able to use tax dollars if they're making an income to be able to afford to go to school. And would you even be able, like, would you be giving players scholarships to go to the school when it's like well known that everyone who plays for that team is going to be making like millions of dollars? Like, would you they wouldn't still have give, to give those people? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't you have wouldn't. to. Yeah, because people would be wanting. This brings in the whole competition thing. Yeah, you wouldn't need to give any scholarships out because everybody would be making enough money to afford to go to school there. All, all I'm saying is, I want them to be able to do their deals and make money. I think it's ridiculous that they can't make any money whatsoever. They're adults, and they still get. <laughs> by the way, they still get. Uh, They're already good getting things. paid. They're getting things on the side. Yes. Anyway, how many scandals have there been? Yeah. Where you know duffel bags of money exchange hands, and you got head mm-hmm. coaches who have. You know, these mafia guys passing around money and trying to get their players paid. Or you could be like, hey, um, by the way, are they going to retroactively, you know, yeah. all, are Actually, they going to retroactively <laughs> give championships back? And yeah, I don't you know, know. Scholarships they took away and all that stuff for, for those deals going down. I That's think they an interesting should. idea. Yeah. I think I would think you be able to should get their championships? Would you be back. able to retroactively sue them for the money that you should have received while you were playing at the school? Well, it's. It depends on if, well, see, I think you could if they made it to where the NCAA had to play the players. If it, if they made it to where the NCAA had to pay the players, then yes. Although the NCAA made a rule that players weren't able to use their name or likeness to make money. Like I couldn't use my million followers on social media to make any money with. Yeah. While I was a part of the NCAA. Yeah, but the NCAA... So that's, could, that's damaging, right? That's lost wages. But like in the past, the NCAA could do a commercial and do something for Nike, and a college player could be in the commercial, and the NCAA would get paid from Nike. Well, you know, you they know? won the lawsuit, which, you know, they stopped producing the college games. So, like, you don't, you no longer have, like, college football games or college basketball games or whatever. What do you mean? Like you can't play it on Xbox, like oh, okay, whatever yeah. uh, or PlayStation or whatever. What we, the those those basket the the sports games? Yeah, no. When you say out. games, I thought you were talking about actual games. No, video, like, video games. Sorry. Yeah. So they won that deal where it's like, hey, you're you're not gonna sell video games off of, you know my, yeah, my avatar yeah. <laughs> that you you built off of me. Yeah, um, because you know when they do the pro sports games, they have to pay those players. Yeah, you know, all all I'm saying is I'm totally fine with them making money. I just I do want to recognize the fact that 
if it were not for the colleges and the NCAA putting together this entire thing, then I don't know that they would be out there getting the endorsement deals in the first place. So I'm just, I, I'm interested in knowing whether or not the NCAA is going to have any kind of right to to any of this whatsoever, or if it's just to the just to the players. And like you said, your your analogy with Tony Romo and the Cowboys and him doing the doing ads for what he was like starter and stuff like that. Um, he was uh he was getting money for. So yeah, I'm. It's interesting. Now, what I also think will be very interesting to see here is you will potentially have these situations where your Tim Tebow kind of player is making like $10 million this year at college, and the other players are like, you know, not making anything whatsoever. That's just the free market. I know that. I know. <laughs> and I, and it, it I mean, is. It happens in pro sports. It is. And uh, so what I'm interested in, what I'm interested in seeing, seeing if this happens, is if they're going to say the NCAA takes in all the money from all of these deals and then they divide it out equally or they apportion it, uh, you know, per well, team. So, some people are like bringing that. in the Title IX concern, which <clears throat> is. Title IX, everything has to be equally, you know, distributed. So if you have a women's softball team, they have to get as just as much money as a men's baseball team does. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many tickets they sell. Yeah. They have to have the same amount of money to operate with. Well, people were saying that, but see, this is where I think they're doing a good job of separating it from um, you know, the college the colleges paying the students and the NCAA paying the students, because that's not what that's not what I believe is going to happen based on what they've announced. What it opens the door for is LeBron James, you know, 15 years ago, decides instead of going straight to pro, he decides to go to Duke and play for Mike Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski. Yeah. Um, So he decides to do that. And, you know, the NCAA and Duke and all of them are going to make their TV deal money and all of that. But LeBron now has the opportunity where he didn't before to use his, you know, million followers on social media to do brand endorsement deals and he has you know he can do a shoe deal with nike or whatever and he can use you know his body essentially and his ability to make money for himself yeah outside of of anything to do with the ncaa or the university itself i'm just saying this is going to be interesting to watch and see when you do have that those one or two players that are making like millions and then the other team the other people on the team that aren't making anything because Just they're be, not getting any endorsements you better be good friends yeah I'm, yeah so i'm interested in seeing like people being upset about this people saying that it's unfair and oh, then, that's all of course it's gonna happen and then saying like well you know you've got a way better chance if you go to Duke than than people who can only go to SIU. Like, people that go to Duke are able to make these massive endorsements, and the people who go to SIU aren't able to make the big endorsements. Well, and, <clears throat> be a better school. Yeah, I mean... This is what happens. Competition drives success, right? So, yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I'm just saying... It sounds I, like you're anti-free market, man. No, I'm... I'm I think it will be interesting this to watch episode, this happen. This episode, right now... <laughs> A status is coming out of Nate. <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being one of those just, libertarian trolls. I just can't wait to see people being like, first off, some people who are like very much pro socialism, like pro 
all of these uh, equality and everything and uh-huh. then all and then all of a sudden they're like well i'm the one who's making all the shots and is is making the money like you shouldn't be able to take any of my money that i'm making from these endorsement deals and and you know just kind of this i don't know there's this is going to change a lot of the culture for for sure at the schools it's going to be interesting to see did you see the tweet from uh, richard senator richard burr I don't know where he's out of. Is that the one that wants to tax this already? Yes. Yeah. So 58 minutes after the story broke, 58 minutes is all it took for one of your senators out there to say, if college athletes are going to make money off their likeness while in school, their scholarship should be treated like income. I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to cash in to income taxes. Yeah. Don't worry, government's lurking in the corner. They're ready. Things. They're, they're ready. They're always 58 ready. 58 minutes after breaking news, <laughs> they are on it. So yep. don't you fear, Americans. That money's going to be taxed. Don't you worry. It'll be interesting to see how these players feel also when they make like a million-dollar endorsement deal and they have to pay like 40% of it in taxes, how they end up feeling about taxation by they the time they get out of liber- school. They all become libertarians so maybe, by the time they get out. Maybe this will help the movement. There will be start, more people with, with money that are upset. start cursing their Marxist professors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> Look at what they're taking from me. What do they give me? Nothing. Just imagine the hatred between the people who are going to the school and are like struggling through life because college is expensive. And then the people who are playing basketball, uh, who are making the million dollars a year at the college, like, I'm just really excited to see what this does to a lot of college campuses. It's going to be interesting to see. It will. Yeah. Well, look, Nate, I've got to, I got to go. Okay. Listen, I got to go. Yeah. And, uh, so you you, don't care about Liberty. That's no big deal. I just want you to sign everybody off. But before I go, like last time, like yesterday, uh, you guys can go to BernieLies.com. Or uh, actually, go to gmlconnect.com, gmlconnect.com. That gives you all the links for everything that you could possibly need when it comes to liberty. And you can help us defeat socialism by uh, getting our Facebook on there. You got Instagram. You got our websites, burninglies.com, goodmorninglibertyus And you also have the shop where you can purchase wonderfully made (laughs) T-shirts. And there's coffee mugs on there. There's all kinds of things that support us defeating socialism. And then, of course, on Friday, we're going to give away a gun. Nate, tell them about the gun. Yeah, so we're giving away this brand new Ruger LCP 380. It's a nice, you know, it's small, really good concealed carry gun. So if you want to put it in your pocket or in a little holster, or if you want to put it in your purse, something like that, it's a really great gun for your concealed carry permit, keeping yourself safe. Well, we're giving away one of those on Friday. And what you can do if you want to sign up before Friday, the sign up is still open. You can go to gmlconnect.com and on that little page right there, there's going to be a button that says free gun giveaway. And you can click on that free gun giveaway, sign up, make sure we get the right email address because that's how we're going to notify the person that they want. Um, so yeah, just get us your email address and what state you live in. That way we can see if you can actually receive a gun for free and with your ridiculous infringement of state laws that you have wherever you are. So yeah, sign up. We'll be doing that giveaway on Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Good Morning Liberty. Follow us on Twitter at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty, and go to GoodMorningLiberty.us to read some great articles on politics and economics if you guys do all of those things we'll be right back here once again tomorrow until then have a good day and a good morning liberty